Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Hey, what's up, God's people? It's Pastor Tony. Come on in the room. We're so glad to have you for Wednesday night Bible study. We pray that you had a blessed week thus far, but we also are excited about going further into the Word of God. Not only the Word of God, but going further into the series that we're talking about all access. I want somebody to type all access. The last couple of weeks we've talked about because of our position in the kingdom of God, because we are sons, and because we are daughters in the kingdom of God, we have access, not only access, but all access to everything in the kingdom. That we don't have to wait until we die. We don't have to wait until the great by and by to live the life that God designed for us here on earth. Jesus said in John 10 and 10, the thief come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I come that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. And so with us being in the family of God, we have access to things. And the first week we talked about that we have a seat at the table. You have a seat at the table. You don't have to sit at the little card table anymore. You have a seat at the table. God has seated us in heavenly places with our elder brother Jesus. And last week, we talked about that there are levels to this, that because we have all access, we can go as far in God as we are willing to put in the work and as we are willing to put in the sacrifice because there are levels to this. Your level of prayer life and your level of service and your level of dedication and, yes, even your level of attaining the blessings of God is dependent upon how far you're willing to go, how far you're willing to press. And so we talked about there are levels to this. And so we're going to go just a little bit further. But before we get going, y'all, I want y'all to press like. I want you to hit share. I want you to tag somebody and let somebody know that we are going further in the All Access series. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word. We're going to start in the scripture that we talked about two weeks ago, but we want to look at it at a different, uh, from a different lens, and it is found in Ephesians, the second chapter. We're going to read verses 4 through 6, and it says this, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sin, have he have quickened us together with Jesus Christ and have raised us up together. Look, look at this, y'all. And made us. He said, I grabbed you by the neck and set you down. He made us sit together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. I want you to also turn with me to the book of 1 Kings, the third chapter, the sixth through the eighth verse. And this is a very important passage of Scripture because this is after King David has died. This is when King Solomon is taken over, and uh, he's been coronated, and he's been crowned, and he's now the new king, and he's having a moment of reflection that really was the impetus to the wisdom that God began to bestow on him. So we're going to pick up right here, the third chapter, the sixth verse. It says, and Solomon said, You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant, David, my father. 
because he walked before you in faithfulness and righteousness and in uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept him, and you have kept him this great and steadfast love and have given him a son to sit on his throne even today. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. Look at this, y'all. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. This is a great passage of scripture. It seems like, dog, Solomon, why are you so hard on yourself? In actuality, he was looking at the enormity of the shoes he had to fill. Like, man, come on. My dad just isn't anybody. My dad is like King David, like Goliath slaying David. Uh, one that went and got the Ark of the Covenant back, David. I mean, the one that, that killed thousands of people by himself. I'm not a fighter. I'm a lover. I'm Solomon. I'm a person of wisdom. And he's saying, look, you've shown favor to my dad and how you chose me. I don't know how and I don't know why because I don't know anything. He, even though he was a grown man, he says, Although I am but a child, he means like I'm a baby in this. I am green behind the ears. I don't know anything to do. He said, I don't know the decorum. I don't know how to come out. I don't know how to go in. I don't know uh, if, if I'm supposed to, if people supposed to curtsy in front of me, or I don't know the protocol. I don't know the edicts. I don't know how to read the scroll. That's my dad. God, I'm going to need your help because this is a new arena to me. Even though I'm now the king, and even though I've been a prince, and I've seen how my dad had all access to everything in the kingdom, Lord, now all of a sudden the weight of this crown and the weight of leading the multitude of your people is weighing on me, all because I have new access that I didn't have before. Let me tell you something. When we pray for this all access, when we make these declarations that, God, I'm the head and not the tail, I'm your child, I'm your servant, I'm your son, I'm your daughter, thank you, Lord, for all access. Look, all access comes with blessings, yes, but all access also comes with burdens. And we see here where Solomon is saying, God, I thank you for showing grace and favor to my family. But I'm looking at the vastness of what you've called me to do. And this access that I have, it's a weighty thing. It's a heavy thing. And when we are doing what God has called us to do and when we are, are, are living our life for him and when God is opening up doors and giving us access and giving us favor and giving us influence, there are some times that we can look at the enormity of the thing. I say, God, I'm... I'm, I'm like Solomon, I'm just a child. I don't know what I'm doing. Have you ever been favored with a, a blessing that you know you weren't qualified for? That you know that you have no business being here except for the favor of God. It is exhilarating, but just as much as it is exhilarating, it is terrifying. Because what if I'm not good enough? What if I don't know what to do? What if I make myself look bad and my family look bad? And so today's message is going to talk about all access <laughs> when in Rome. 
I want somebody to type, when in a wrong. Now, you may say, Pastor Tony, what in the world? You and these crazy titles. But we know this, uh, you've heard the colloquialism before. When in Rome, you do as the Romans do. When in Rome, you do as the Romans do. Now, of course, it, it, it was a statement, but it's symbolism of when you're in a new culture, you do as the people who are in the culture. It's a statement of assimilation because if we are favored by God and we are favored by God, if we are God's chosen people and we are God's chosen people, you have to, uh, you have to uh, uh, come to grips with the fact that you're going to be in some rooms. You're going to be in some situations. You're going to be faced with some adversaries that you haven't faced before because that's what favor gets you. That's what all access is about. It's, it's about going to places that you have not been before. It's about having new experiences to which you are not accustomed to. So when in Rome. So Pastor, you say, Pastor, no wonder what you talk about when in Rome. What I am saying is, is that now that we know that we have access to go further in the kingdom of God, to go higher, deeper, longer, wider in God, we have to admit, we have to come with a, with a, a posture of humility like Solomon. That I don't know what I'm doing. Could it be possible? That the reason that we have wasted windows and doors of opportunity is because we were treating that opportunity based off the experiences of our old seasons and our old stages. And we came cocky. We came with arrogance, like, yeah, I can handle this. This ain't nothing. This ain't nothing. I've done this before. This is, this is child play. And we didn't come like Solomon came and said, God, I'm just a child. What is children? Children, I don't have authority. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm ignorant. And, and Solomon went down as one of the wisest people that ever lived, I think, one, because he asked for it, but two, because he had a posture of humility even before God propositioned him with Solomon, what do you want? And so we're going to talk a little bit about when in Rome. Now, referencing the first scripture we talked about in Ephesians, that God has raised us up together and made us sit <laughs> together in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Have you ever been, uh, been in an, uh, like a fancy restaurant or, or, or a, a really high profile like banquet or, or something like that and you don't really know which, which fork? <laughs> which fork is the salad fork and which one is the steak fork and which one is the butter knife? And uh, Do I reach to my left to get my drink or do I reach to my left? What you do, you find somebody who you came with that, ha that has a little bit uh, more decorum or you look around and you see what other people are doing first before you take your next step. And according to Ephesians, two, four through six, God has seated us in heavenly places, but he didn't just sit us anywhere, but he sat us alongside our brother, Jesus. So if we want to fit into the culture of the kingdom, if we want to assimilate, if we want to advance, if we want to be productive as citizens of the kingdom of God with all of our access, it would behoove us to act like Jesus. <laughs> It would behoove us to do what he does, to act like he acts, to say what he says say, and to do even what Jesus would do. When in Rome, we do as the Romans do. 
So we're going to talk about just a couple of things as it pertains to now that we're in the culture of the kingdom. How do we thrive in this culture? Now that we're in Rome, how can we thrive like the Romans thrive? Now that we're in the kingdom of God, how can we thrive like, like, like the patriarchs of the Bible? How can we exercise our faith and how can we be successful? Somebody that uh, we, and we can be somebody that somebody looks up to and says, that is a child of God. I want to emulate them. When in Rome. The first thing is, when you come into a new culture, you got to know the rules of the culture. Somebody write rules. Somebody type rules in the chat. You have to know the rules of the culture. I don't care if it's a, 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 high, a, a Fortune 500 company. It has a culture. I don't care if it's a street gang. There is a code and a culture. There is a code of conduct within a culture. There is hierarchy. There is when you speak. There is when you don't speak. There are, there, there are things that you can do. There are, there are privileges that you have. There are benefits that you have within a culture. But if you don't know the rules, if you don't know the, the infrastructure of the culture, you won't thrive in it and you'll end up not benefiting from the culture that you're connected to. Deuteronomy 28 and 13 says this. It says, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. We love to shout about that. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe them and to do them. Listen what the word of God says. It doesn't do good enough to observe God's edicts. We have to observe and do them. Those are the rules of the kingdom. What is it that God has told you to do that I need you to do this? I don't need you to do that. It's not, it's not about being a little robot and being a little cult follower. It's about the sacrifice of obedience. Somebody type obedience. It is a sacrifice of obedience. And what God is saying right here, that you have to know the rules of the culture if you're going to thrive in the culture. If you're in Rome, you have to see how they conduct themselves and who's the head of this and who's the head of that because I don't want to offend anybody and I don't want to break the rules and I don't want to break the law. Let me tell you something. You, you don't have to have a, 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 a preconceived thought to break a rule and go to jail. There was first-degree murder, meaning I premeditated it, and, or you can go to jail simply off negligent homicide, meaning that you were careless about it. So not knowing is not an excuse. And God is saying is that if you're in this culture of the kingdom, learn of me. Learn of my ways. Learn of my nature. Learn what pleases me and learn what does not please me. And when you learn the rules of the culture, it's not about being in the game. <laughs> it's playing within the rules of the game. And the ones that win at the game are not always the most talented. Usually it's the ones that are most disciplined. And God is saying, if we want to thrive in this culture, we got to know the rules. And a lot of people don't like rules because they feel like they're, they're restrictive and it doesn't, doesn't let me do this and I'd like to do that. But no, rules are freedom because there is safety 
in following the rules. There, 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 is, there is safety. There is an element of, of, of safety and protection as long as you stay in the confines of what God has told us to do. I want you to also turn with me to Luke, the 10th chapter, 19 verse. We've said it last week, but we're going to say it again. Say, behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the other powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, what does this mean? This means that not only are there rules that you follow, but there are rules that your adversary has to follow. The devil, meaning that he can do nothing. His, yes, he has power, but God has given you a power that's above his power. And he has to bow and submit to the power, not your power, but the power that God has endued upon you. There are rules to this thing, guys. And what the devil wants us to do, he wants us to be emotional. He wants us to be looking at something, looking at greener grass or looking at something else, looking at all these diversions so that you are not aware of or take advantage of the rules that have been set up in your favor. And God's saying you got to know the rules of the culture. You got to know the, the rules of speaking. The authority, the power of the tongue. You, ha you have to know the rules and, and the laws that God put in the laws of faith and the laws of confession. You have to know the rules if you're going to take advantage of it. If you're going to thrive in the kingdom of God, you got to take advantage of the rules. The rules declare what you and your adversary can or cannot do. So there is safety within the confines of rules in the culture. Number two is that not only must we learn the rules of the culture, but every culture has its own language. It's about a tight language. There's a certain way that there was a certain sound. There was a certain vernacular. There was a certain lexicon of language that a culture has. I live in the South. I'm a son of the South. I'm sure you can hear it in my voice. There was a certain way I talk. There were certain colloquialisms that I use. <laughs> and a lot of people around the church who are from the North, they say, Pastor Tony, you're so Southern. <laughs> because I, I, I am a product of the culture that I have been in. Listen to me very closely. And if we're going to be in a culture of the kingdom of God, not only should it, it does no good to know the rules if we don't operate from an understanding of the lexicon of language of the kingdom of God. Now, Pastor Tony, what do you mean by that? I'm going to show you right here, Mark 11 and 22. It says, and Jesus answered them. This is right after Jesus had went on a journey. He saw a fig tree, and it, did, it, it, was producing, it wasn't producing buds and fruit in its proper season. And Jesus said, look, this, this tree is cursed. They went about their way, and, and they came back, and they said, Jesus, this is the same tree that you cursed a couple of days ago. And this was Jesus' response right here. So, and Jesus answered them and says, have faith. In God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be thou taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says, listen this closely, will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you have received it, and it will be yours. What Jesus translates and what Jesus was saying is, 
when you speak, don't just be talking haphazardly. You have to speak to things that are that are that are are, 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 are against the kingdom of God and against my will for your life. And these things are mountains and things that are trying to impede you. Jesus said, "You have to speak to the mountain in faith." Somebody type faith. It's not just speaking. We say tens of thousands of words every day, but how many words are you speaking in faith? In faith. And Jesus said, it's not just the speaking. He said, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up, be thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes what he says will come to pass. It will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe you received it whenever you start speaking, and you shall have it. We're talking about words, the language of the kingdom. I ain't going to ask you to tell on yourself, but have you ever heard people who are saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost filled, got a cross around the neck, fish on the back of their car? What would, you do? What would Jesus do? Bracelet on, but their language doesn't sound like. How they dress, how they look, what they wear. I ain't talking about just everyday language. I'm talking about when the pressure is on. Here is the language of a person that is contradictory with, 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 from the culture they say that they're in. Man, I can't win for losing. Man, this thing about to kill me. I'm tired of this. I'm about to give up. This is a language of people that, that is contrary to the kingdom culture. It's contrary to the, kingdom, to the kingdom culture. When the word of God tells us that life and death is in the power of the tongue, this whole world was framed based on word. John says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God. God is saying today, you got to change your language. If you're going to thrive in this culture, I've given you all access, and you can't just throw your words willy-nilly around and adopting the words and the vernacular of this world system. This world system will never be able to comprehend and understand the, the vastness of God and the things that he desires to do, not only in this world, but to do for his children and what God is saying today. is that If you're going to be in the culture, you got to learn how the culture talks. You got to learn the you got to learn the key phrases that moves my hand in the culture. I want you to know that words are currency. Somebody type currency. Words are currency. And the currency of the kingdom are words that are spoken in faith. I'm going to say that again. The currency of the kingdom. It's not money. And we know what normal currency is. And what, what do we use currency for? We use currency to make an exchange. If I want a good or service, I give them a piece of currency. It doesn't matter whether it's crypto, whether it's a dollar bill, or whether it's a credit card or a debit card. I give them a form of currency so that I can make an exchange. And if we understand that in this world market system, we have to understand that the words spoken in faith are currency. What are we using currency for in the kingdom? We are using currency in the kingdom of words spoken in faith to make an exchange, which means I exchange my sickness for God's healing. 
I exchange my poverty for God's wealth. I make an exchange for chaos for God's peace. If we learn the power of our words and our ability to speak in faith, that's how the kingdom speaks. That's what they do in Rome. That's what they do in the kingdom. And when we understand from a standpoint of I'm a child of God, I'm a son, I'm a daughter, I'm seated with Jesus in heavenly places. And when you sit around important tables, you're not just telling jokes and hee-hawing and, and speaking all crazy. You are careful with your words when you're in the presence of royalty. Oh, my God. And I want you to understand that your father, the king of the whole universe, the king above all kings, the one that said, let there be in the words, and that was he does not waste his words. And if we be like our father, God is saying, I need you to be prudent and judicious with your words and how you use them because the kingdom is going to go forward based upon the things that you say. I want somebody to type, when in Rome, I know I'm going deep. I know I'm going wide tonight, but I hope y'all are following me that when we're in Rome, when we are ingratiating ourselves into this, new, in, into this culture, you got to understand we were adopted in, we weren't born in. We've been adopted into this culture. The last thing I want to share with you comes out of Mark 11. Excuse me. The last thing I want to share with you comes out of one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 3 and 20. It says, Now unto him who is able to do it seeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. This is the last thing as it pertains to when you're in Rome. That once we have a, a, a vast understanding of who we are and whose we are and our position in the kingdom and the authority that we have and the fact that our Father is waiting with bated breath for us to speak in faith so that he can deliver to us what he wants us to have. Once we get a full understanding of that, that we have ingratiated ourselves into this culture, now it's time to raise our expectation. <laughs> I want somebody to type, raise it, raise it. I want you, now that you have a full understanding of who you are and your place in the kingdom, that you're seated at the table and that you can speak to mountains with faith and they have to move and all that stuff. Once you understand all of that, then you have to raise your expectation. Wait a minute. Now that I know how to use this awesome tool and my advantage and my position, my outlook has changed. Expect. Expect. When you break the word down, it means ex means out. Spect means look. I am looking out at the world from a whole new lens based upon the confidence of who I am, my position in the kingdom, and who my father is. So as a result, the things I used to expect, I expect higher. And according to Ephesians 3.20, now unto him who is able to do it seedingly, abundantly above all we can ask or think. What do we ask or think out of? We ask and think out of our expectation. And what God is saying is, it's not arrogance to expect the best, to expect to be healed, to expect to be wealthy, to expect for your children to prosper. It, it, it is not beyond God for you. God said, I'm, I'm not afraid of you raising the bar on me. 
Because God said, I can do it ceiling but above all you can do anyway. I'm not scared of a little challenge. I'm not, I'm not scared of you asking me for the impossible. I am the God of the impossible. God said, I need you to raise your expectation. Not only that, the last thing I want to share with you is God is saying in this season that we have all access. God said, the whole storehouse is open for you. The whole thing is open just for you. And God said, I am waiting for you to make a demand. Come on, somebody type demand. I am waiting for you to make a demand. And so many times people say making a demand, that means somebody's bossy and they're surly and they're, they're, they're trying to pull on people and they're being rude. But God said, no, you can come boldly before the throne of grace and obtain mercy at the time of need. And you can make a demand on my promises and my edicts over your life. Why? Because you are a child of the culture. And when you fully understand the rules of the culture, and when you understand your place in the culture, and when you understand the language of the culture, then and only then can you expect from more from the culture, and you can make a demand based on your expectation. I'm telling you, people of God, if we can get this revelation that, th that the kingdom is a culture and we need to stop trying to blend this old culture from old ways and, and what my mama knew and what my daddy did and what I saw at my home church and all this stuff, God said, if you would just come to me with a clean slate and let me, let me tutor, tutor you into the culture of where I'm taking you, what you've been through was good enough to get you where you are, but the next level that God has for you takes another level of assimilation into the culture of the kingdom of God. You're going to have to talk different. You're going to have to see different. You're going to have to think different. And yes, you're going to have to expect and speak and demand different things. If we do the same thing, y'all, we're always going to get the same result. Because if you want something different, you got to do something different. If you want to see exploits, that means you're going to have to meet me where I am. And he said, according to Ephesians 3 and 20, I can do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask or think. But it's according to the power that is at work inside of you. I believe that there is great power that is working inside of you. When in Rome, we want to do as the Romans do. And the word of God has said that God has raised us up and he has set us at the banquet at the table right beside Jesus. We have no need to be ignorant. We have no need to mess up. There was, to mess up is unnecessary. To fall on our face is unnecessary when we are sitting beside the one who the whole feast is for. Our elder brother Jesus, he says, if you just take my yoke upon you and learn of me, I will blow your mind. But you got to let go of the old culture. You've got to let go of levels to go to levels. And I believe tonight that God is calling you up into the culture of the kingdom, that you're going to think different, that you're going to speak different. That you're going to move different. That you're going to believe different. And yes, you will love and advance the kingdom in a whole nother way. All because you learn to assimilate yourself into the culture. When in Rome. God's not asking you to know it all. All he's asking you to do is come like Solomon came. And be humble enough to say, I don't know what to do. But I'm willing to learn. 
of your culture. Come on, let's pray. God, we thank you for tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your kingdom, God, to which there will be no end to your kingdom. So, Lord, we thank you right now, Lord, that you are showing us the areas, God, that we need to change our language, that we need to change the way we see things. We need to change the way that we view things. Even if it comes to changing the way that we view ourselves, God, you are our father and we are your children. We are the handiwork of your hand, God. So, we thank you tonight, God, Lord, that we let all paradigms of thinking and culture of always go, God, and we embrace the new thing that you have for us, your children. Lord, we thank you, Lord, as we embrace the new thing, Lord. We're going to come like Solomon, God. We're going to come like a child. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to come. We don't know how to go, God. Would you teach us? We are ignorant. We are empty pitches before a full fountain, God, and fill us till we overflow so that we can understand you on a new level, so we can see you at a new level, God. And yes, Lord, we can thrive as citizens of the kingdom of God in a whole new way. God, we love you. We bless you. We thank you. We're so excited for what you're doing in our lives and what you're about to do through us as we assimilate ourselves as citizens of the kingdom. God, we love you. We bless you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. We pray you were blessed by this word today. If you were, if you would, just share it with somebody. Tag somebody. Say, man, I learned something tonight that is going to, that it is advancing me in my faith in the way that I want to live. Now, I want to challenge you as a citizen of the kingdom. We tithe here. We give here. We sow seeds here, and we want to challenge you. Since you're in Rome, do what the Romans do. Plant good seed in good soil, and watch God bring a harvest in your life, okay? God bless you. We love, we love you, and we'll see you next week for the fourth installment of All Access. God bless you. We love you. Peace. Hopefully, you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.